You're tuned in to Career Currency with Kareem Perez, a podcast for people who are interested in unlocking their potential and increasing their professional value. Here's your host, Kareem Perez. All right, yo, what's up, y'all? Another episode of Career Currency Podcast. I'm your host, Kareem Perez. We're here today and we're here to help you up-level your career, right? So anybody that's looking to unlock their potential, anybody that's looking to increase their professional value, you've come to the right place. And today we have an amazing guest, heavy in the digital marketing space, heavy in the speaking space. He stays fresh. You got to see this guy's brand always on point. He's a national award-winning brand manager at Candy Box Marketing. Uh, Over the last 12 years, he's delivered hundreds of keynotes presentations i always see this guy doing speaking gigs conferences keynotes he's everywhere uh he also has his published book project reinvention where he shares how he broke into the marketing industry through personal branding and storytelling and last year q4 uh i was honored to get a copy of the gratitude gratitude and productivity journal that you just released it's called journey to my my best self journey to my best self And also, he's also a fellow podcaster with over 130 episodes. So I got to catch up to you, man. So check out his podcast, The Ride With Me Podcast. But yeah, today our special guest is Mafuz Chowdhury. I'm happy to have you here, brother. What's going on? It's going good, man. It's an honor. It's an honor. As we were just talking about it, it's been over long overdue. This was supposed to happen a couple months ago, but... It's been a good journey. It's been a, a lot of fun doing a lot of events together. I think since we caught up, we yeah, just happened yeah, to be yeah. in each other's radar for the last few months. So it's an honor to be here. Uh, I've been wanting to jam with you for quite some yeah, time. For sure, so man, for sure. it's uh, I'm just as happy to be here, man. Thanks so much for having me. So yeah, like tell tell people a little bit about you. Um, what's your expertise and what's your day to day experience in terms of marketing and your career? Yeah, man. A a big part of what I love doing, even beyond marketing, is I just love sharing good stories. Mm -hmm. You know, even if marketing wasn't in my job title, I'm the type that if I hung around with my friends or I spent a day with some colleagues, we'd be exchanging our favorite stories and we'd be making an impact on each other. It gets exciting when you realize (laughs) that you could actually do that for a living. Right, right, right. You know, and when when I saw that marketing allows you to do that, and more importantly, on the branding side, you can do that every single day. I started realizing that maybe that's the path that I want to follow every step of the way. Mm. I didn't realize it back then, but the things that you do for marketing every day, the skill sets that you build, right, right, you can right. use that for anything. Like it doesn't matter what you're into. You know, you could be you could be into podcasting, you could be into video production, you could want to be a developer, whatever it is. If you know how to do good marketing, you can stand out in a crowd. If you can tell good stories, right, right, people right. are going to connect with you versus the next person. So the fact that you can work on that skill set, I realized at that moment with full confidence that it doesn't matter what industry you're in. Marketing is a skill set that's a necessity in today's industry. Like You will not thrive in what you do without a good marketing background or at least a good marketing team. So I decided to spend all my time in this agency life learning how to do it every day. Right. You know, the good news is I get to do it on our client's budget, you know, not my own <laughs> yeah, pocket, which kind of helps yeah. out. Um, the clients come in with great ideas all the time. They give us a budget and I get to go out and try different things. And while I'm trying it out, I'm kind of sitting back and I'm paying attention. What's working? What's not working? What Instagram strategy made money? What website strategy made money? What TikTok failed? You know, like I'll watch those Mm. and then I can bring it back to the home front. I can get together with my team and I can say like, hey, if we're going to release a journal, for example, what have I seen work in the space? And then we started running ads there. 
when I started doing speaking, I said, what if I noticed that CEOs are doing that's working for them? I started launching my speaking career. So I think being an observer is okay. a great skill to have today. And that's something that I do at agency every day. But I also find myself doing that now by listening to podcasts, you know, like this one. Right, I'm really right. excited to listen to what all the other guests have to say because I feel like there's tons of value being offered. Um, but yeah, observing is, I think, one of my favorite skill sets, and that allows me to be the great marketer that I am today. Yo, that's interesting. That's interesting. And like, talk about uh, the productivity side. So how do you stay like on point? Uh, assuming you manage different clients, you have like tons going on. Obviously, marketing is always changing. There's always something to do. So I know you dropped this journal, but what do you do in terms of your personal yeah. productivity? How do you stay on point? How do you stay on your A-game? Yeah, you know, what, what matters for me is that I actually like being busy for fun. Like if I had all the money in the world, I could retire. My vision of what I do is not laying in the beach and drinking a pina colada, okay. you know? Okay. Like that's yeah. not my vision. Maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. on day one, right? Like maybe on <laughs> right, day one, right. just for the he heck of celebrating retirement for the first time. But then I know for a fact that my mind would drift off to like, what can I do now? Mm. What impact can I make? What can I go and do out there? So for fun, I like making an impact and making a contribution to the community. Right, so right, right. what I start doing all the time is that at, you know, fortunately, the agency I work for, we have a culture where as soon as 5 p.m. hits, everyone is expected to turn off their computers and walk away. I know that's not the case with a lot of jobs, and mm. especially in the marketing space, there's agencies that will have you working till late night. Yeah, 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 Fortunately, yeah. we don't have that type of culture. So, for, so I think there's a big takeaway in that alone is find a place that will allow you to live your life outside of just the agency. Mm. But then when I when 5 p.m. hits, my mind turns off from client work, and then I start thinking about what matters to me. What do I want to do? And this is where all my hours are being spent now on, like, how do I build the best speaking event? How do I reach out to events and create relationships with them? How do I go out there and record a podcast like we're doing today, yeah, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm always thinking about, like, what is it that I can do? And the check mark that I'm always trying to make is, is it going to make an impact? If it doesn't make an impact, it's not worth my time. Okay, so talk about that. Like in your mind, impact in what sense? Is there like certain areas that you're trying to impact, certain people you're trying to impact? The, the short version is personal development, just okay. growth in general. And this is a bit of a like my melodramatic background. You know, when I, <laughs> yeah. when I was going through university, I was not a good student. Right, right. And right. because of that, when I go to events and I speak to students, I actually have a soft side for them because the ones that are really struggling, I'm like, I yeah, know exactly true. what you're talking about. Like this isn't a, yes, I know what I'm doing in my career. It's like I was there. And I remember I was in university and like not only was I doing bad, I was so shy that I couldn't even ask for help. So I was like silently suffering every right, single right, day. Right. And I was always like praying, like maybe someone is going to notice and maybe they'll say, hey, are you doing OK? Can I help you out? But that never happened. So I didn't do well in school. I built my own brand. I built myself to where I am. So now it's kind of like that chip on my shoulder that never fell off. You know, it's like yeah. now I'm looking back and I'm saying, are there other mafuzas out there that are silently suffering as well? So when I think of impact, my impact is can I leave things in the background that the silent mafuzas that never asked me for help still has access to. So it could be like, mm. can I go on this guy's podcast and learn from him without asking him for help? Can I go to an event, listen to him speak, and know that that's going to help me? I always keep that in mind that even if that person never comes up and asks me, maybe I can turn something in the back of their mind that's going to make them go and do something out there. So that part of me right. forever stayed, which is why like, when I think of Mufuz as a brand, I think of it as bigger than marketing. I think of it as the guy that is trying to impact. And for me, when I think of who that audience is, it's always been like millennials and younger. Mm -hmm. Just because I'm a millennial as well. So a lot of my peers kind of reach out to me for help. 
But then there's a lot of students that are on the rise right now, you know, the Gen Zs that are trying to figure out what they want to do with their career. It's nice to know that I can still help them because I'm constantly keeping a pulse of what's happening in the industry. Wow, man. Um, so talk about like on a skills skill side, right? Like what are some of the the top skills for, you know, that same millennial that's trying to start their career just finishing school or that career changer that's like, you know, I'm kind of stale in my position now. I need to learn something new. I need to try something different. Uh, what are some of the areas or some of the skills that you see are like growing, thriving and just like non-negotiable in terms of where the future and yeah. digital economy is going? Yeah. This is a, a really, really um, important conversation I've been having in my head for a while. And, you know, it's interesting because you and I just actually came out of an event last week that we did on a, in the virtual world right. uh, for, for a local college here, Conestoga. And there was, a, there was a question that was asked about, like, man, things are changing so quickly. What do I do? A student was asking me. And they were talking about how metaverse is making things complicated. Like, so they just got good at one social and now another social popped up. Like, right, how do they stay right. on top of it? And I pointed out the fact that regardless of whether you started in, like, the MySpace era, the Facebook era, the Twitter, Instagram, High TikTok. Five. High five. Yeah, man. <laughs> way back. Shit. Uh, like, no matter which one of those eras you started in, the one thing that hasn't changed is that relationship building was still key. It didn't matter, right? If you're on Instagram posting pictures, if you're not actually engaging and building relationships on the back end, you're not getting the value from it. Right. Metaverse is going to be the same thing. You're going to have this giant-ass thing on your face. You're, it's going to be very heavy on your face. You're not going to know what's going on, but you're probably going to be looking for that one feature that's going to allow you to build a relationship. And it may be like in this mm -hmm. VR environment, you're walking in a room full of other people, you're shaking hands, and you're building relationships with them. That part hasn't left. In fact, it hasn't left even before digital when you used to go out to networking events, that was always the same rule of thumb, is if you're not building relationships, you're not getting value from networking events. Right. So the number one skill will always be relationship building. If you're unable to build relationships through whatever it is that you're trying to get into, you're just not going to succeed in it. And to me, that has always become the biggest thing. The second, that's very, second thing that's very important to me is curiosity. And I mean like Huge. aggressive curiosity. Okay, okay. Like if you're not always looking for like why something is working, not just the fact that something worked, then you're never going to be able to actually figure out those like nitty gritty things that really make a world of a difference. When I see like something hit top 10 in the app store, I dissect it. Like I will be like, why did it hit top 10? I'll download it just for the sake of downloading it and figuring it out. I'll play it and I'll come back to it the next day and figure out what the app is doing. Same thing with if a... Uh, if someone started becoming big and their video went viral, I'll spend right, hours right. dissecting and figuring out like why. And what happens is when you're starting to ask those why questions about these things and becoming aggressively curious, without realizing it, like subconsciously, you're gonna pick up those answers and take it with you, where the next time you're launching an idea, your mind's gonna kind of backtrack and be like, remember that guy that went viral for doing that one thing? Maybe you should sneak it into your idea. Mm -hmm. And that's how my mind started to work. So, you know, this journal that we created with uh, with my now fiance and I, uh, right, we were right. able to create it together because. Congratulations again. By oh, the way. thank you, man. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. That's that's a story in itself. <laughs> um, we were able to create it because we've tasted journals. And when we tasted journals, we actually spent ourselves. I remember the first day we had this idea, her and I actually sat down and we drew a chart and we said, what is everything we like about the journals we're using? Mm -hmm. What is everything we hate about the journals we're using? And we merged all the likes and created our master journal. So the more you stay curious about the things you want to do and relationship building is always your focus, you'll be able to thrive in any industry that you're in. No, that's interesting. And then what about like um, from a tool standpoint, like is there certain 
uh, certifications or certain platforms that people should be learning uh, to stay ahead of the game in their career as well? In terms of learning, there's a, a, a program that I now sign up for that I've been tasting since uh, the restrictions time is uh, the, the, the Skillshare website, right? Skillshare right, right, is, right. A, is a website that allows you to access unlimited courses for like a small fee. And that fee isn't just per course. You pay that fee, it's like Netflix. You get access to all their courses. Right. Uh, so I got that. And what I started doing is like one day, and this was especially during the lockdown where I had too much time on my hands, I would watch like, hey, what is cryptocurrency about? What is NFT about? What is marketing? What, what, how do I do Facebook ads better? Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you that Facebook ads better was actually one of the best things I learned in the holidays because when it comes to the heavy amount of gigs that I'm landing on speaking. And right. when it comes to the heavy journal sales that we're getting, it came out of one course on Skillshare. One Facebook, course. Because it, yeah, it like trick, it like turned something on in the back of my head where I was like, why didn't I think of this? Like, it's so brilliant. Right, right, right. So I encourage people to actually use a course like Skillshare to uh, take advantage of all the access that are out there. But let me also throw it out there. You don't even need to pay if you're really aggressively curious on YouTube. There's true, nothing true. out there that you have a question for that you can't at least find somewhat of an answer for. And if you start with YouTube, just doing a how search, it's going to maybe start you with an answer. If not, it'll take you down a rabbit hole of like 20 videos. And somewhere in those 20 videos, you'll find the answer. If you just stay curious about what you're looking for, I think YouTube is a great place to start. The other thing I would really emphasize is to get super good at websites and online advertising. Okay. Because even if I fell off the face of the earth, like I turn off my social media accounts, right, right, right. I would keep selling. Like seriously, like I, I think about this all the time. Like we have clients that are multi-million dollar and there's some that are even a billion dollar business owners in our agency. And no lie, 4% of them, because I did the math, 4% of them are active on social media. Right, right, right. That means yeah, yeah, yeah. 96% of these millionaires slash billionaires don't even use social media. And it hit me. It made me realize that there's more time being wasted on how social media is being used than actually growing the business or the initiative. So... I encourage people that if you get really good at building a website and launching ads, you could come up with an idea the next day and do really, really well. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you don't, that's a skill set that you don't lose. It's forever transferable. No, that's interesting. So, what would you say, like, in terms of social media time wasted versus time spent? Like, what are some of the things you would recommend people spend their time on? You talked about relationship building, yes. being curious. So, um, if I wanted to launch a brand on social, what, like, what are some of the activities I should be doing? like high value yes yes so first and foremost i think i think most people don't ask themselves this the the bit most important question which is right. what is your objective like why <laughs> yeah, why are you yeah, on yeah. it because like most people will say oh like i want to make sales right like th- that's actually the truth and like, it's, it's like fomo too right yeah, like a lot of people yeah. they see like i don't want to miss new platforms out coming yeah and you don't want to lose out on, on the this. inside joke that everyone's using the next day at work <laughs> you know like right, right, right. i remember man when we were younger like simpsons would come on every sunday night and if you missed that episode of Simpson, you would go to school on Monday and you'd be the only loser that had no idea what that inside joke was. Right, right, and it's right. kind of like the same thing. It's like you're not if you're not part of the activity, you're really missing out and you're out of the loop on what's happening in culture. Mm. So there's a part of that that people don't like admitting, which is I just want to be in the know. I just want to be okay, participating yeah. in what's happening in culture. And when people start realizing that, if they're more honest with themselves, then it's okay if you didn't get a lot of likes. It's okay if you're right, right, if you right. didn't get a lot of views on your video. That's not important. Are you are you well informed? And if your answer is I want to I want to make more sales, why are you caring about the views if you're not generating any sales? Like would a million views get you sales? Maybe, but like is it actually what you're striving for? So the more time you spend outlining what is the objective, 
the more important it is for the metric to make sense as well. Because if, if views does not equal sales, then why are you right, obsessing right, over right. views? But to me, the biggest mistake that I see people do is when I say relationship building, what does that mean? To me, that means actually building relationships in the direct message side and then meeting up with that person. And meeting up could be like a Zoom call, phone call, in person, whatever it is. But very few people are actually building relationships. They think, oh, I made a comment. I did my part. Right, right, right. Kareem, this is not an exaggeration. Like 90% and no lie. That means 90% means nine hours out of every 10 hours I spend on Instagram is on my direct messages. And people can't see that given it's fair because when you're looking at it from the front end, you don't know what I'm doing in my back end. But that, that content that you see out there, those things that I put out through my stories, that's only 10% of my time. 90% mm. is sending out messages to people, responding to people, catching up, finding out how people are doing because it's been a while. And if I'm really feeling brave, maybe a voice memo once in a while. But I'm yeah. always trying to like build that relationship. If there was a metric out there that says, how many relationships did you build a month? and that was your only metric, and you're always trying to beat it, you would always know if you're doing well on social media. You know, if, if you got two one month, and then the next month you got zero, that's a good indicator that you need to step it up. But if you got five, and the next month you got 20, you're on the right track. And I guarantee you, if every single individual just made that their metric, yeah. we would freaking kill it. That's, like, that's it doesn't matter what right your there. objective is, yeah, right? Facts. Like, we would kill it on social media. I need a second right there to digest that, man. That was... That was serious. Came in um, yo, but okay. So, what are what are some of your favorite platforms? So, you use IG obviously heavily, but do you do the same thing on LinkedIn? Do you like that concept of like building relationships, or is like IG your go to? You know, if I could, if I had the energy levels to do all social media platforms, I think I would have been spending just as much time at least on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. But I think, especially in the marketing industry, LinkedIn has tons of value. I wish I had that much time. I'm a heavy introvert. Which means like this podcast episode, like you could ask my girl, like we spent the entire day today doing nothing because I knew that I needed to save all my energy for this. Right, and right, then right. after this, I'm probably looking for the bed to get some sleep. You know, like that's how much energy I have per day. So as a result of that, I need to have that tough love conversation with myself, which is like you have minimum energy. Where do you want to spend it? Mm. Because of that, I chose just Instagram and it's getting me the results that I want, which is more speaking events, more opportunities, more relationships. I haven't seen yet a reason to leave that and put my energy elsewhere right it doesn't mean i can't be bought out like if if the next platform shows me more value in relationship building i have no loyalty to instagram i would leave it in a heartbeat i have just yet to find another platform as a matter of fact before i jumped on the instagram train i was all about twitter like if you okay, met me okay. if you met oh, me like real. four or five years ago i'd be like twitter is the way to go because twitter had that relationship building environment right, right, that right. no other platforms have However, Twitter was really bad on allowing you to direct message people that aren't following you. Right, so I couldn't right, be like, LeBron James, can you please you know, send me an autograph or something? I couldn't. Instagram, I can. Now, it doesn't mean LeBron James may see my message, but the fact that I could vibrate his phone while he's like in practice is pretty impressive. Like That's incredible that you could do that. Mm -hmm. So I saw that opportunity, and until I see an opportunity that's better than what Instagram is allowing me to do, I'm pretty bullish on that, but... If you have the energy, which a lot of people have far more energy than I do because they're in the extrovert side or somewhere in the middle, I encourage you to try to expand. And if I could expand, I would say LinkedIn is the next one to put side by side. No, that's dope. Um, and then, yeah, so I, I wanted to just go into like the personal branding side a bit because you you have your your day-to-day -day at Candy Box, but then you also have your speaking yeah. um, and your storytelling personal brand that you've built. When you when you 
when you started in the industry, right? Did you think about building your personal brand or were you just really focused on, let me just do the nine to five and focus on my clients? Yeah, the personal brand part, I have to be honest, it came completely by accident. You know, it was never about me. It was about, before I joined Candy Box, I started my own initiative called Project Reinvention. And right. that whole initiative was all about, can I help other students with their personal development? But for me to promote it, I had to always keep getting up on stage and talking about personal development. So what happened over time is that people saw Mafuz as like the thing to hire, not okay, right, Project right, Reinvention. Right, right. So over time, I kind of just built that brand on its own. And I started seeing that there's a lot of value in building a personal brand because people are more likely to build a relationship with a person than they would with a logo. Right. So when I used to have a logo, it wasn't doing that well. But when I put my face up there, all of a sudden people are making phone calls. Mm. So I had that realization at a very early stage that having myself more out there gives people the opportunity to build a relationship and feel a little bit more like trusting with me. You know, it's hard when I, because our logo was like, a, it was a very poorly designed light bulb. Like it didn't look that good to begin with. But like who wants to build a relationship with a light bulb? You know, I would have more concerns for them if they were attached to a light bulb. But when they started seeing a person that they, that maybe looks like them, and I don't just mean like physically, like, like my background looks like their background. They start realizing like, hey, his story is kind of like mine. I think I can connect with this guy. So that started actually changing the dynamic quite a bit. But, you know, the way I think about it, I've been thinking about this just recently a lot, and I, I've been having a tough time verbalizing this, but I've been thinking a lot about uh, risk and regrets. Okay. And the, the first part I start with is regrets. Like, I think a lot back about, um, I think about a, a lot about death, and it's not because I'm old. It's just, like, mm. death is something I battle with a lot because I'm very curious about the mindset of light, leaving a, living a life leading into death. And when I think about death, I think a lot about, if I died today, would I regret the life that I lived? Interesting. Right? Yeah, okay. and, and that part, that narrative actually spins in my head a lot because I kind of think of like if we were all playing our life like a video game. Mm -hmm. I think if you get too safe and you get too comfortable with what you're doing, what, what starts to happen is you're, you're almost like that person playing side quests every day because it's easy. It's repetitive. It's, you can do it over and over again. Like You don't actually have to play the big risk game. You don't have to fight the final boss. You can just kind of play off in the side and you'll be fine. Right. But like that's not a fun game. Right, like right, over right, time, yeah, yeah. it's too repetitive, it's too easy, it's too boring. I felt like if I died in that game and I couldn't play that game again, I would have regretted not trying more in that game. And I think about what if at some point you got to kind of say, listen, I'm going to risk it all. I'm going to fight the final boss. I'm going to try to get the most value out of this game that I'm playing. So you start, start taking bigger risks. You start doing the harder things. Right, right, and right. some might say, okay, but life isn't a, a game, you know, like, you, there is no safe point. You you know you risk it all. You lose. You can't just bounce back and do it all over again. And I say, okay, then take managed risks. You know, start getting smarter. Take more thought out risks. And what that means is like you don't need to leave your job and start a career today. Mm -hmm. You don't need to start your business today and put the whole farm on it. You can build a business on the side. You can start branding yourself on the side. So you can still keep the job that maybe you're not crazy about, and you can start trying things out and see if it works. Like, I had a lot of things fail. You know, it just doesn't make the headlines. Right, right, right. A lot of things fail. But you only need two or three big plays to take off, and you're okay. So when I realized that, I started taking managed risks. Like, I still have this well-off salary at Candy Box Marketing, but on the side, I keep taking a risk here. If it doesn't work, lost a little bit of money, get my next paycheck, take a risk here. You know, it can go into investing. It can go into a side hustle. It can go into real estate. It can go into... Um, investing it in like a virtual assistant so you get more tasks done. Right. Like taking risk here and there one at a time, you don't get crippled if it goes wrong, 
But if it really goes right, your life will never be the same. And since I started having that mindset, personal brand has become so important to me because personal brand is what leads that engine. It makes me think wow. about all the things I could do that I'm passionate about. You know, I am a huge fan of the Toronto Raptors. Okay. And, you know, shout out to the Raptors. We need a better season, but it is what it is. But I could have just started an in entire Instagram account and a website called the Raptors fan page. And I could have built it into something magnificent by covering the games, you know, giving Nick Nurse a lot of heat if we lose a game, you know, like right, really right. going hard at the Raptors. But then somewhere down the road, I may decide, listen, I want to start a marketing career. You can use that Instagram post and that website to actually submit it as a portfolio piece to get your job. So a lot of students that ask me about like, how do I start? What do I do today? How do I build experience? You could build an experience today. There's nothing stopping you from starting your social media and building a brand around your passion. Be it the Raptors, be it knitting. Like it doesn't matter what it is. Right, right, right. Find something that you love and build a brand around it because that is that one portfolio piece that will open a lot of doors for you. So when I started doing project reinvention, because of all that speaking that I was doing, my brand has become a speaker. So I accidentally got pushed into a speaking career that started paying well for it. I didn't realize that was going to happen. It happened because I spent all my time building my brand as a speaker. Interesting. And what about like the, the sales side? Because you have like the storytelling, um, but then you also have to sell yourself, right? Like put yourself out there, tell your story. Um, whether you're, you know, selling yourself into a, like a job or career or like selling your services. Um, did you ever have any hesitation around that? Or do you, you say you're an introvert. So do you get like nervous when it's time to like put yourself out there? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I'm fortunately not the main go-to salesperson at candy box, you know, the okay, clients right, usually right, come right, in right, yeah, yeah. and I'm usually like, all right, you're already sold. Let's talk branding. <laughs> right, you know, it right. makes life easier. I'm terrible at networking events. You know, I loved uh, our friend Carlina did a keynote the other day about networking and community building. Man, like that gave me like a heart attack thinking about like when I used to go yeah, on yeah, network yeah. when I was younger because I remember the anxiety. Like I used to put on my favorite mixtape and get fired up as I'm like taking the bus, like the city bus to the event. And like I would collect like five cards and I would think I did well, right? Like to right. me, it was an awful thing. The thing about social media and digital is that you don't necessarily need to have that conversation until you got comfortable with them, right? You could start with okay. a few direct messages back and forth. As a matter of fact, my brand has been built to a point where by the time people reach out to me, they already know enough about me. Like they probably either read my content, they listened to my podcast. More often than not, they saw me speak on stage and they heard my story. They'll hear an episode like this. So by the time they call me, they're already well informed of who I am. So the sale is a little bit easier to do. Mm. They're like, Mufuz, we want you to speak at our event. It's not like, why should you speak at our event? You know, it's not right, like right, I'm having right. to sell myself. That's the other beauty about personal brand. If you build mm -hmm. a strong brand, you're not going to find yourself having to deliver that ele elevator pitch. It's, it's almost like they've read your whole like, life story before they even called you the first time. So that saves a lot of groundwork. The other thing about having a website and running ads is sometimes the sale is happening without you having to do anything. The, the website is your sales thing. page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, our journal is a good example of that. Like we, we make sales while I'm on the road and like right. I'll pull up on the side and be like, okay, we got sales ready to go. So the, the shy introverts that are listening to this, I got good news for you. You don't have to be the person on a phone or a networking event selling books or trying to sell yourself out there. Like let the website do that. And the, web, the beauty of the website is you could wake up the next morning and have sales ready for you. So this is why I go back to the website and running ads as two fundamental pieces that I think mm. will help a lot of people. That's key. Um, what else, like in terms of when you're looking for new talent, right? So like when you talk about like the millennials 
or recent graduates? Um, what are some of the challenges that you hear they face the most? Or what are a few, like you mentioned, we had an event with Carlina from the Biz Mixer the other day, and it was with Conestoga College. So what were some of the questions you got? Or what are yeah. some of the common um, roadblocks that you see when people are trying to take that next step, but they're just like, hey, I can't meet new people or I can't um, learn a new skill or whatever. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, you, know, you know, I want to get your take on this as well, because unfortunately, we were all like separated into different rooms. And I saw like, I remember one room, like they put me in the room with you as you were on your way out. Right, and I saw right, these right. people like, <laughs> yeah. like, they were like mad at me because they loved you. You know, like you must have killed that session. They, were, they like didn't even want to hear me after they all went on off screen, you know, put me on mute. It was awful. No, it was uh, it was such a good event. And the, the questions were incredible. And but I found that the reoccurring question is that a lot of people were worried that they were lacking experience. Which is which is okay, normal, right, right. which is very, very fair because you're in school. You're kind of like, how do I get that piece that I need to get in? But this comes back to what I was saying is you can build experience for fun. Like experience doesn't mean a an employment. Experience doesn't right. mean that someone's paying you a salary. Experience means do you have the experience, like literally the experience to do the job. I'll tell you a story. We recently at Candybox Marketing, we put up a job posting for something we've never done before. This is the first time we opened up this role. And it was a brand coordinator role. And the brand coordinator role was an entry-level position, which is so rare in the world of marketing. Like a brand role being entry-level is very rare. Mm -hmm. So clearly the demand was high. Like the second we put it out there, the amount of applications that we were receiving was so overwhelming that we had to pull the plug in about two hours. Like it was so overwhelming. But because I knew this person would be working with me, I said, I want to look through every single resume. Like I want to be a key decision maker in this role. We had about 100 resumes that we filtered it down to. Out of that 100, and I'll break down to you why we went through each phase, but yes, out of that 100, we chose 20 people to interview. Out of that 20 people, we brought in the final three that did the best. And out of that three, we hired one, and she now works with me, and she's crushing it at her role. When people ask, which is a story I shared at the Conestoga event, and someone was like, why her? You know, What was so yeah. special about her? The number one thing that separated her from everyone else in that room was that she did marketing for fun. She had a candle business on the side, and it didn't even matter that it was a candle business. It could have been anything, but she had a candle business on the side. She branded herself, has an Instagram page. I don't even know if she ever made a sale, which I found out later she did, but it didn't even matter if she made a sale. But it made it very clear to me that she understood the fundamentals of branding. It was very clear. Right. Where everyone else, people talked a big game. Like There was some guy that like, oh man, incredible cover letter. I thought this was so clever. He sent a cover letter and he's like, you're probably wondering why I'm a good fit. Well, I'll tell you. And he took every point from the job description and put his note beside it. He's like, certified? Absolutely. <laughs> da, 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 da. I did this. Da, 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 da. You bet. Like yeah, He took it point by point. And I was like, all right, this guy's slick. So I, I went on the phone interview and you would have thought someone ghost wrote for him. Like He did not sound like the same person. Right, right, right. So like people are coming in for that first swing. And I imagine why is maybe like some of the career offices suggested that to stand out. But are they ready to actually play the game? And when we played the game, a lot of them, I found out, couldn't actually deliver on the promises that they were making. There's a saying out there that a good a good brand is a promise, but a great brand is a promise kept. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people forget that kept part. Like you make a big promise, you talk a big game, but have you actually kept the promise? So if you come out and say, I'm great at branding, show me. Show me that you've done something that shows you're great at branding. There's a lot of people that will tell you how good they are at things, but they don't have what I call the evidence for it. So the evidence that she had was that candle business on the side. And I think that's something everyone needs to think about is that, that piece that will make you stand out 
It's actually not as hard as you think. There's a lot of people that won't start a side hustle. If you are the only one that did it out of this, you know, 1% out of 100 people, you're going to find out that you're probably going to at least get the interview. Now, she could have dropped the ball at the interview and lost the opportunity, but she also crushed the interview. So at least get your interview. And the way you stand out is show that portfolio piece. You know, if you're into website, show me a portfolio website that shows that you've done websites before. Right. If you if you do social media, show me one or two accounts, even if it's your own accounts, even if it's a fan page, show me something. You know, if, you, if it's in the world of sales, people come in with numbers. But can you show me like a referral? Can you show me something that someone said about your sales ability? There's a lot of opportunities to collect proof, especially in the marketing industry. There's no excuse to come in and say experience and lack of is the reason why you haven't got your foot in the door. I think it's easier than it's ever been in our space. And I think it's a good time to start. Wow, that's amazing advice. Um, and yeah, just to, to capture that is, is really about taking that initiative. And I like what you said in terms of like, even if you're learning the skill, you don't have to wait until you know it to practice it. Yeah. Right. So like like you mentioned that um, learning the theory, but also having that practical experience is really right. like the differentiator. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's not hard to show that side anymore. It used to be hard to prove it because you had to convince them in the interview you're good for the job. But, right, right, right. you know, when I got my role at Candy Box, I, all I had was a an embarrassing looking blog website for Project Reinvention. You know, it was embarrassing. I had to pull. I literally took it down and I made sure I didn't screenshot it because I never oh, wanted to leak. <laughs> I was going to say, you still I, have yeah, I wasn't gonna allow, I, I wasn't going to allow it to leak. You know, a way back time machine. You oh, can, uh, yeah, I, I might need to. <laughs> You know, I might need to, to really get my point across of how bad websites can still do good because it was that bad. But you know what worked is when I met up with the CEO, Daryl Keezer, and I opened up my laptop and I showed the analytics. The, the interview was done. Right, I didn't need right, to speak. Right. When he saw that I was getting uh, thousands of views from hundreds of different countries, the fact that I knew how to set up my website strategically, I knew SEO and all that good stuff, he, he ended up that interview with when can you start? Right. which is the best thing you, you want to hear after an interview. So I think it's possible for people to build those metrics, and it's it's a good place to start. But, I mean, from your side, man, like, were you getting those type of questions too? Because I went into three different rooms at that event, and all of them were very, very experiential focused. Like, well, how do I get that experience? How do I get my foot in the door? What were you getting from your side that seemed like something that students were struggling with in the industry right now? Yeah, I think, like, the experience part was um – I think it's the I think it was the same. So it's like how do I how do I get started? Uh so what skills should I learn? Um what online courses should I take? And uh what certifications should I get? And also too what I guess what resulted from that was how are those going to increase my chances to mm. get the job versus somebody else? But I think like it goes back to what you're saying and obviously it wasn't like uh it was like a short amount of time but how you approach those uh learning experiences or how you showcase them uniquely is really the differentiator yeah. right so whether it's if you get certified or you start your own blog or you have something it's like having that information readily available easily to see is is the key i love um, that and then other i guess the other part too uh which is i think the flip side you talked about networking earlier but I think like, yeah, it's just uh, it's just like a nerve wracking experience that I felt like people were just scared to network, scared to reach out. And I, I, I always find this, but it's like you have so many people that are willing to help and you have so much people that are needing help, but nobody's 
yeah making the ask right so it's like okay the students are like oh nobody wants to help me or i'm scared to reach out to these like marketing people or whoever i want to be affiliated with and they just don't they're asking like how do i make that first step or how do i make that first connection and what's interesting too is that um you know, reaching out to them and DMing them and like connecting with them directly, like that's some of the advice that they usually get. But what I've been telling them is uh, similar to what you were saying earlier is uh, study their work, right? Like, mm-hmm. for example, if you want to get connected with Mafuz, it's like he's done over 100 podcasts. He's done, yeah. you know, he has the different speaking engagements that he's done already. So uh, go through that. Right. And this is something that came up in the keynote, which is like find something relevant. Mm-hmm. Right. So like if I actually understand the work you've done before, some of the interviews you've done or some of the podcasts that you've been on, it's like now when I reach out to you, a, I actually have done my research. Right. Like I actually just more feel more comfortable because I know. Right. I'm not going to ask you something that you've already talked about or done before. Um, but the second thing is like, yeah, you have something relevant or something in common right. to talk to with that mm-hmm. person. So like, for example, you mentioned um, Raptors, right? And I actually have a TFC jersey on yes, under here, sir. right? Because I was, I was going to rock the jersey. I was like, I know, I know he's into Toronto sports, <laughs> but it's funny because I called one of my uh, previous bosses. Like we still have a really good relationship uh, yesterday. And uh, he works for like a big media brand. And, you know, we call for a business conversation. But we spent like 45 minutes talking about, um, you know, stress of the pandemic. Yes. We talk about Team Canada going to the um, World Cup. We talk about the Raptors 905 for like 45 minutes. And it was just like... The small talk is a game changer. The relate At yeah. the end of the day, it was like when we started talking about business, it was like because we're on that same relationship level and it was like whatever you need or however I can help you. Just let me know. Yeah, you know and, what and I it mean? like eliminates the the pregame jitters because like exactly. you've already you've already gotten comfortable with them, and now like the business just feels like you're just continuing on that friend friendly conversation. Yeah, so I tell them like yeah. you know follow right, like go follow what they do, check out their events, comment on their stuff, you know, engage with them first to make sure it's the right contact that you want, and then take the next step. Yeah, yeah, you know? no, hundred percent. It's such a good point that you're making because. The most common message I see now is exactly that. It's, hey, Bafoos, thanks for connecting. I would love to get on a call with you to talk to you about this job opportunity. Or like they would expect, you know, someone had the audacity on their first message to ask me to refer them to my own agency. You know (laughs) know what I mean? Like, can you you write me a referral letter was their first message. So it it blows my mind, man. But the, and you're absolutely right. There's a lot of people that are like, hey, the companies are like, hard to reach out but then the companies are like no one's really reaching out with anything exactly. you need exactly. and you, you're dead on with researching because you're not just researching to get like a strategic foot in the door you're researching because you actually want to know do you want to work for that company i right. would before i want to work for any company i want to look at who i'd be working with i want to know what that person's into are they actually as passionate into this do i see myself working with that person every single day we had an individual that um by the way we hire people all the time through dms but the ones that really take the time to get through one of them sent us a message and he said, hey, just want to let you know, I applied for the role that I saw on your website. But if you don't mind, I also actually recorded a, a video, a screen sharing video right. showing you how you can improve a page on your website. Nice. First of all, I was freaking offended. I was like, this kid's <laughs> going to tell me he can improve my website? And I was like, oh, man. Oh. So, so the first half of that video, I'm watching with an angry look on my face. Like, and then I'm sharing it with my team saying, look at this guy. But then the second half, I calmed down and I said, man. That's a good idea. 
But then not only that, I could hear him speaking. I could see him on video. I could see his charisma. Right, right, right. He's got a personality. He's laughing at some of the things that he wrote. He's like, man, I love copywriting. Like he's giving me personality. We brought him in for an interview and he landed a, he landed a job within that same week. And he cold reached me. Mm. He, I knew nothing about him. But during the call with him, he talked about how he was so inspired by the book. He, that, that I put out there. He was inspired by my podcast. Till today, I actually don't even know if he read it or not. Like, he might have just said that. But he did just enough research to flatter me and made me realize that he's at least looked into it. And that opportunity is available, especially with platforms like LinkedIn, where they're openly telling you what school they've gone to, what jobs they've had, sometimes their interests. Sometimes the post will tell you about the Raptors and what kind of things stood out to them in the news today. I got my role with Candy Box Marketing because I found out that my CEO went to the same college that I did. Right. I saw that he got a recommendation from a professor that I had at that time when I reached out to him. I also saw that he competed in a marketing competition that I was about to compete in. I used those commonalities to get my foot in the door with the first LinkedIn message, which resulted in why we met up at a coffee shop and he offered me the job. So I couldn't agree more. I think the, the open platform for DMs is available for everybody, and it's a beautiful thing, but it's also the worst thing, which means there's a lot of people sending out bad messages and ruining right, it for right, you. Right. So you really got to be intentional about trying to build that connection with them and relationship with them in a unique way. All right, man. Well, a lot of keys, and I know we could... Uh, talk forever but we're close to the end now um so yeah i just want to get some of your top recommendations for our audience uh, a couple of things to run through and then we'll wrap it up that's cool absolutely um so yeah i guess your your top top uh podcast recommendation i highly recommend um i i recommend the joe the joe rogan experience okay. right now i think Listen, regardless of how some people may feel about is it Joe still Rogan, up or is it taken down or no, no, he actually <laughs> so 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 he's actually actively putting an episode every day, and people feel a different way about him. But one thing that no one can deny is he's phenomenal about getting the right questions out to the right guests. So if you're not going to learn from him, right. learn from the guest he brings on because the guest he brings on covers all arenas, whether it's psychology, whether it's business, marketing, personal development, wrestling, whatever it is that you're into, he's going to get those questions out of them. And the amount of value I get, like every time I'm on the road, I find myself listening to one of his podcasts. Nice. And what about a uh, top app? What's your favorite app or tech? So I, I use an app called Toggle. And Toggle was actually built for businesses to keep track of their projects and their time management. But I actually okay. use Toggle for my own productivity. So the, the productivity question that you led in with in this interview today, I recommend that people look at Toggle and think about how they can start tracking their time. Like how much time is spent on work, how much time is spent on leisure, right, right, relationships, right. Uh, fitness. So that's when you start something, you press it, and then it keeps yeah, tracking. Yeah, you track it, time and tracker, then right? you stop it when you're done. The next day you track it, you stop it when you're done. And then what happens is at the end of the month, you can actually look at a beautiful chart that breaks out your percentages and what's nice is, first of all, you get self-awareness because you're like, I never realized I spent this much time that gets wasted. But you can also tweak it and check it the next month. And all of a sudden, you're going to realize you're more productive. So right, right, Toggle, right. it's T-O-G-G-L. I highly recommend that. Dope, dope, dope. All right. And what's your favorite spot to travel to? Um, I love Los Angeles. I was, uh, I was there two years ago. Man, I would have gone back sooner if I could. But there's, there's something about the culture there where – you don't feel in the greater Toronto area. Like greater Toronto area, sometimes I get overwhelmed by 
the anxiety created by everyone power walking to their next yeah, destination. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Everyone's got somewhere to go. And, you know, as much as I appreciate the purpose that they have in life with where they're trying to go, it, it's it's very, very hasty. But when you go to L.A., man, the second I landed, whether I went to a tourist spot or like a residential area, people got time and they're relaxed and they're right, welcoming. Right, like right. everywhere I would go, they would really allow you to get into that environment and, and socialize. So I would encourage people to taste it, if not at least once, to really get a feel of the culture that's out there. And maybe we can bring a bit of that back here. That's dope. That's dope. Um, <clears throat> so was that Los Angeles? All right. And favorite. What's your favorite food? What's your... I know you roll with a lot of foodies. I oh, see man. you doing your thing. I gotta, I gotta still keep sushi up there, man. Sushi is still undefeated. There's been a lot of, lot of tough competitors. What's your favorite roll? Uh gosh. <laughs> so, so there's one called. Uh, shout out to, I don't even know if I could give them love. What is that place called? There's a, there's a sushi place in Vaughn, and I, I'll remember the name after and kick myself for not remembering. Ginza. Okay, and okay. They, have a, they have a roll called Ginza roll, which nice, is a nice. combination of what you'd get with like a dynamite roll and an unagi roll together with like their secret sauce. Man, I've yet to taste anything as good as that. You will not go back. And I'd appreciate a sponsorship of some kind from those guys because they're good at what they do. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, dynamite roll is nice too. Um, yeah, and the last question, any words of advice? Um, yeah, final words of advice maybe for millennials or somebody – either changing careers into digital or trying to get into the digital space. Yeah, man. Hey, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me. I can't tell you how much I enjoy talking about the things that we do and I appreciate the platform. Um, uh, the biggest advice I have is the concept around building relationships doesn't need to be you having to reach out to people all the time, especially if you're shy right. like I am. Right. There's an opportunity for you to constantly let people know through personal branding of who you are so that they reach out to you. You know, I call it the digital flare gun. You fire mm -hmm. a flare gun in the air because people know this is where I'm at, right? And I think of digital marketing, when you're building a personal brand, every piece of content that you put out there, like a podcast episode, uh, a social post, a recording, a video, whatever it is, every single one of those is like you firing a digital flare gun that tells people this is what I'm about and this is where I'm at, right? So when I started talking about personal development, every single day I'm putting out personal development content and what happens is people that love personal development gravitate towards that flare right, gun and they're right. like, let's talk about it. So you actually don't need to always go out and build those relationships. You can passively build relationships if people know this is what you represent. And that's created through consistency and, and a very laser-focused content of what you want to talk about. You know, if you post Raptor content every single day and you're always talking about how you're their biggest fan, is it hard to believe that one day the Raptors might be like, hey, here's a free ticket to our game? opportunities will be created for what you want if you constantly keep doing it and putting yourself out there and firing that digital flare gun. So I encourage people to think about how can they constantly keep doing that with whatever it is they're passionate about. I'm also going to say this, and I, I want to give your, your space a lot of love, right? The tech effect is, in my opinion, and I, I look at a lot of incubators, which is my next big advice, which is like, look for incubators. Mm -hmm. But I got to tell you, I look at a lot of incubators and I spend a lot of time in the city, especially with individuals that want me to partner or speak at their, their space. I told this to my girl after I spoke at one of your events that you invited me to speak at that I have never seen an event more organized and even like post event, mm -hmm. the amount of marketing that you did after, I've never seen someone execute as hard as you have. Cause like, not only were you organized in the way that the event went, but you took the content that I did, you repurposed it, and you kept promoting it through other platforms, which I actually still have students today 
that reached out to me from the Tech Effect event saying that they learned a lot from that event. And that made me realize that you really go to bat for your, for your audience. Like you really go to bat to make sure they get the most value that whether or not they got the key gems from that event, right, you're right. still serving it to them in different ways. And I think what you do there is so great. You know, this podcast, you know, I even talked to you about it before we sat down and your vision around why you're doing this podcast to arm individuals with different tips that they could take to the bank. Man, I love what you're doing. And I, I encourage people to spend as much time through these incubators because it's a beautiful idea when you kind of walk through something without any vision, without any strategies, and you come out like a winner. Um, so I, I got to tell you, I'm really proud of what you do. And I'm so thankful that the tech effect and your space is out there because I think a lot of people can really benefit from it as a shy introvert that was failing in university back then. I wish I had like the tech effect back right, then right, because right. I really needed something like that. And now that I'm someone on the other side, seeing it at its full potential, I can really see how anyone could have valued from going through an incubator like that. So thank you so much for doing what you do in our space. Thanks as well. bro. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate it. And like, yo, thanks for coming through, spending time, the last event, this one. Um, so yo, there you have it. Mafu's award-winning brand marketer. Um, he dropped keys about productivity, dropped keys about personal development, uh, skills that you need to survive in the digital economy, and a lot, a lot of good information around how to build your network, make connections, and find your next opportunity. Uh, check out his productivity journal. Check out his podcast, over 100 episodes. Check out his book. And just check out his uh, his social media presence. It's yeah. fresh. This guy stays fresh. Stays with a photographer on deck. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, thank you again, brother, for coming it, through. Man. I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. One love, right?